0: I'm excited today to have Megat Hyatt Miller. She is the CEO at Michael Hyatt & Co. She is also the co-host of the Lead to Win podcast, which is constantly featured in the Top 100 in Apple podcast. As the architect of Michael Hyatt & Co. standout culture, she is committed to helping her team win at work and succeed at life, while also delivering phenomenal results to their customers. Under her leadership, the company was named as one of Inc. Magazine's best workplaces to work for in 2020. When she's not taking the company to new heights, she's fully present at home with her husband and five kids just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Megan, I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for joining us today. Christy, thanks for having me. I can't wait to talk to you today. I think this is going to be a very fun, interesting talk because I feel like we probably have a lot of similarities um, and probably a lot of the same struggles as well. I think
1: so too. I'm really excited.
0: So you just launched a new book. um, Yeah. When at work, succeed at life. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but I'm the author of start balancing. Um, yeah. and, uh, I want to kind of dive in and talk about that work-life balance piece. Um, yes. cause you're a big, you're a big proponent that people saying that that work-life balance is a myth mm-hmm. should be like abolished. That should go away. <laughs>
1: Yes. Explain. I like the way you said that. Yes. Okay. Well, here's what I think. Um, And we talk about this in the book, that in culture, we're really given two options. One, we call the hustle fallacy. And that is, hey, if you're going to get ahead in your career, or you're launching a business or whatever, and you're going to go to the next level, you're just going to have to put in a lot of hours, you know, at least for the next couple months, you may not see your kids very much or, you know, you may not be able to work out, but you're, it's, it's okay because it's really going to be worth it one day and you're just going to have to double down and hustle. Uh, we see this in celebrities like uh, Elon Musk and people like that who are sleeping in their office and they haven't seen their kids in months and, you know, whatever. But I think for, for regular people like us, it's just telling yourself that story that you just got to hustle a little longer and then eventually it'll be worth it. The flip side of that is what we call the ambition break, and that is uh, when, you know, we, we kind of look at the hustle fallacy and we say, oh, God, those trade-offs are, are too much. You know, I know that my kids are only this age for so long, or I know that I have this chronic illness. And if I don't manage my stress, you know, it's going to come roaring back, or I'm trying to take care of my parents with uh, Alzheimer's or something, you know, along those lines. And so I guess I'm just going to have to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on my ambition. I'm probably not going to reach my full professional potential But at least I won't have regrets about the rest of my life. And uh, what my dad and I, he's my co-author of this book, say is that no, we hate both of those options. They stink. <laughs> you know, We feel like there has to be a third way. In fact, we know there is. And it's what we call the double win, which is winning at work and succeeding at life. And it's what we teach our now about 700 business owner clients how to do in their lives and their businesses. And we really think it's possible. We've seen it over and over and over again uh, with our clients and certainly in our own lives. Okay, but you've got people listening to this. It's like, yeah,
0: mm-hmm, right, uh-huh. mm-hmm, <laughs> right. So let's talk about this double win. Um, yeah, because I think that obviously that's what we all want, right? right? We want to have success and have fine. I think we really want freedom. Like we want to yes, find purpose and have freedom and freedom, freedom and work, freedom from home, all yep. those different things. But. You know, I wrote Start Balancing, and that was in 2017. You're mm-hmm. talking to a girl that is very different. Like, I'm not the same woman I was for almost five yeah. years ago. Yeah. And my my thoughts and, and opinions had shifted. And I would say to you, like, there are seasons where you do have to double down. Yeah. You do have to hustle. You do have to. But I think that it's it's being aware that it's a season and mm-hmm. not making sure that that's a pattern in life. Yeah. Um, that's what i really had to realize, but mm-hmm. balance, I think, um, what I thought back then is not what I see now. So mm-hmm. wh- how do you define balance?
1: Yeah, well, let me tell you a little story about my own life, because I think this maybe illustrates the point. So uh, back in 2011, uh, I'd been married for a couple of years. My husband and I had just adopted two children from Uganda, two boys. He had two children. We got married. So we now all of a sudden have four children two years into our marriage. And our two boys that we adopted had some pretty significant special needs at that time. And Uh, At that time, my career was taking off. I was working with my dad in our business, and he came to me a couple years later, and he said, hey, Megan, I really think for the company to go to the next level, I need to focus on some different things. I want you to take over running the business and become the chief operating officer. And inside, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. You know, like, this is what I've been working for. This is what I feel like I was made for. I can totally do this. And at the same time, the next thought I had was, there's no way I can do this. I mean, you, you know, do you know my kids? Like they, they have these needs and they need my attention and they can't thrive. They can't get to a place of thriving unless they have me on the other side of, you know, school pickup in the afternoon. And uh, I, I went back to him and I said, Dad, here's the thing. The only way I can say yes to this is if I can be done every day at 3.30. I've got to pick my kids up from school. Frankly, I can't find a babysitter uh, that can meet their needs at this point. It needs to be me. And so the only way I can say yes is if I can be done at 3.30 and I can't be available after that because they need my full attention. I can't be doing email. I can't do meetings. I can't have dinner meetings, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay. He said, what I care about is the results. If you can deliver the results in that many hours a day, you know, around six hours a day, six and a half hours a day, I'm okay with it. And so it kind of became an experiment for us. And that's been years and years ago now. And and that's the hard line that I drew, um, really, because the stakes were so high at home. It wasn't wasn't like my vision for work-life balance at that point. Honestly, it was born out of necessity and almost desperation. And that really launched me on this whole journey of discovering that uh, constraints like that drive your greatest contribution. They drive innovation, they drive creativity, and it actually is possible to get the same results in, for example, six hours, uh, as you get in eight hours or in eight hours if you're working 10 or 12 hours. The research supports that. Um, and and that's what we've found in our company. We're now doing that as a company. Our Many of our clients are pursuing shorter work days as well. And so this is not really about some kind of pie in the sky work-life balance. Wouldn't that be nice? This is really a strategy for performance that we talk about in the book, When at Work and Succeed at Life, um, around things at work and around things at home. How it can how can in your personal life and your professional life, can you be a top performer? So you don't have to do everything. You know, there's not enough time to do everything, but there is enough time to do the important things.
0: Um, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, I do. I think Mm -hmm. that I'm someone that when I don't have a lot going on, I'm actually not that productive. But when I have a lot of things firing and I have very um, like deadlines and parameters, I'm the same way. I'm really focused. I'm dialed in. I'm planned. I'm, you know, and I think that 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 goes back to I'm I'm setting my own expectations for myself. Yes, and that it gives me that space to be creative. Right, but I think that the one part that I heard that I felt like hmm, it's a little different, um, is I don't know y'all's actual business relationship, but y'all have some sort of partnership. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you have someone that when you leave as an entrepreneur that can handle. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Right. Not,
0: all, not everyone has that. Right. Not everyone has that freedom. So I will say that makes sense. And it works for y'all. Mm-hmm. You've got, you've got your dad that doesn't have kids at home. You have a support system in place. Yeah. And I think that there's other ways that people can achieve that. Right. And for some, it comes easier than others, but for a lot of entrepreneurs, like, like the food that like the money that is driven is what yeah.
1: puts well, food will, on the table. Does yeah. that make sense? And like, you can't say this, just though. walk
0: out and leave. Does that make sense?
1: Uh, yeah, but I would challenge you on that. So at this point, I'm now the CEO of the company. I'm no longer the COO. My dad doesn't have any operational responsibility in the business. He has various projects that he's doing, you know, that are contributing, but he's not my backup. So I don't have a, a CEO backup. You know, I am, uh, we're, we're partners in the business in terms of our ownership, but we're not partners. We're, we're not co-CEOs. I am the CEO of the company. And so, so, you know, I took a three month maternity leave when we adopted our, uh, two year old, now two year old daughter, um, I've taken a leave of absence and I take a one month sabbatical every summer and there's not backup per se, in that sense, what I've done is as the CEO of the company has built a team over the years that, um, support what it, you
0: need, yeah, support
1: their productivity and yeah. your productivity. And exactly. I just wanted, yeah. that's what I
0: wanted to pull out of you. Yeah. I, I know that people would listen to this and be like, Oh, well, like you had your dad to help." Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I Tell wanted you. to pull that out of you because yeah. I knew that there was yeah. more there that, yeah, that's a really good point you know what i'm saying that came yeah. and I, and i feel like that's an important thing for people to hear and realize yes, and understand um because i think it's easier for for people to think oh well Like they had this help or they had that help. No, you don't
1: know the hustle and the grind that's happening behind the scenes. Right, right. We worked really hard, absolutely, to get where we are. But I think we've also worked really smart. And I think, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book, and really this is how I was able to achieve this myself, is establishing your non-negotiables in three areas. And so that starts with self-care. What do you need to perform at your best? Because if you think of yourself like an athlete, no top professional athlete would consistently overtrain and think that they would have a top career right because they would be sidelined by injuries they would you know they, they would just burn out it would be impossible and so what what do you need for self-care and so i have very clear non-negotiables for self-care for myself um, daily. daily that are not like you know pie in the sky like you know some kind of magical thing i mean it's, it's like very ordinary but still i'm very clear on what those are and then the second thing is relational priorities so what things am i willing to delegate or have my husband do with our kids and what things do I feel like I want to be the one to be there for them? What about my marriage? You know, what about friendships? What are non-negotiables there? Because there's not time to do it all, but there is enough time to do the things that matter the most to you that you can look back at and think, I don't have any regrets. You know, I was I was present when I needed to be when it mattered most and when it mattered most to my kids, my husband, my friends, my parents, what you know, whoever is important in your life. And then lastly, and it's important that these are in this order, what are my non-negotiables around my professional results because again this is about a performance strategy for driving results in your business or your professional life and also in your personal life this is this is about taking the whole thing to the next level through uh, really constraints and a vision around what you want to create. so I think that's a very practical way to do this and I literally have sat down and written these out and that's part of what we uh, walk you through in the book. We are going to take
0: a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor.
1: This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life featured in Forbes entrepreneur and inc.com StartPlanner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system, align schedules to dos finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. So
0: do you, uh, I'm curious, do you do this quarterly? Do you do this once a year? Because I feel like some of those yeah. do shift. They do I mean, shift. And I think that not only do they shift, but I think that also for me personally, like self-care, like yeah, I, I had to learn through some hard lessons that like, <laughs> like like you said uh as entrepreneurs as anybody we really should be treating ourselves as athletes right right i mean we should yeah chiropractic making sure we get enough sleep yeah fuel like it's it's how like that's the baseline to our productivity if we exactly. don't feel our best we're not able to be able to be the right. best output that we are right so i have done the same and i've had to rebuild morning and nightly routines yep. that can support you know, who I am. And a lot of that's just come with the journey of my own mm-hmm. figuring me out, right? Yeah, figuring absolutely. out what makes me tick, what doesn't, what do I need, mm-hmm. what, you, you know, all of those things that I think that is not just something that we wake up and we know, we don't have manuals for ourselves, Right. Um <laughs> So I think that, you know, I think that's a really,
1: really good point. Um, yeah. And it changes over over time. Like, for example, you know, I have five kids. When we brought home our uh, now two-year-old daughter, she was born very prematurely. She had some medical needs. You know, my self care was really basic at that point. I mean, I had my morning ritual, for example, was like 10 minutes long. You know, I mean, it was not, there was not a lot of time to do what I can do now that she's two. And, you know, I know what time she's going to wake up in the morning. I've got till seven o'clock. I can, you know, have about two hours to do whatever I need to do before she wakes up. And that's great. You know, that's a different season of life. And so, as you said, this is not about one, forget it, you know, set it and forget it. Two, it's also not about perfection. You know, this is something you're always kind of tweaking. You're always asking the question of, you know, what do you need now? What does your business need now? What are the people in your life that you're responsible for, that you care about? What do they need now? What matters? Um, And and asking those questions and letting it be dynamic, I feel like, creates enough flex that this this becomes realistic. You know, the worst thing you can do, people always ask me about my morning ritual. The worst thing you can do, especially if you have little kids, is set some kind of bar you can only meet if they sleep 12 hours a night, you know? And then like, you feel like a failure every day. And that's terrible. That's not what we want. We want a bar that we can get over every day, no matter what. One thing I like to describe balance
0: now, I think that that is a good, good visual for people mm-hmm. now um, is a spinning plate. Mm-hmm. And you have one spinning plate and that, that one spinning plate that has to continue spin is self-care. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Right. And then let's say you have another spinning plate that's professional or another spinning plate that's friends, another spinning, you know what I'm saying? Right. All these things that are yep. like you talked about our priorities. Yep. But the thing about it is, is the second that those plates stop spinning, it's going to fall and break. Yep. And so I constantly am thinking that self-care plate, you have to keep going. Mm -hmm. Then you have to figure out, depending on who you are, what your demands are, what your heart is, Mm -hmm. what your purpose is, what your drive is. Like, we're all different. Like, uh, depending on those things, um, at what cadence are those plates going to spin? Yep. And I think that it's really easy for people to look on social media, Mm -hmm. look at society, look at cultural look at even our parents or our uh-huh. loved ones and what we think that, that we should be doing is what we should do. Right? right. And so it's important. I have found, um, in my own journey and just realized to that, that it doesn't matter what anyone else's cadence is. Uh-huh. Um, Megan, I have a feeling that you're, you're in my cadence may be very similar, yeah. but, um, for someone else, it's probably very different right. and, and that's okay. Understanding what your cadence is what you need to be ultimately happy and your best. And
1: to be completely
0: honest, Megan, I'm still figuring that out. Like, I feel like that's going to be a never
1: ending growth journey. Absolutely. Right. Unless we just are at a point in our life when it's really static, you know, maybe you're an empty nester and like, things are kind of stable for a while. I feel like until that happens, I'm, maybe I'm just idealizing that. I'm thinking no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited about that stage, although it's going to be a long time for me. Um, but but I think that, you know, otherwise, you know, if you have kids, if you're building a business, which is like having kids, you know, it, it's just so dynamic. You're doing both. You're doing yeah. both. Like you're just constantly adjusting along the way. And again, it's not about perfection. It has to be success on your own terms, you know, what works for me? What are my non negotiables? And there's no right or wrong answer for that. It's just about being clear on it. So then you can build your life around those things. Because when we schedule those non negotiables, that's when I think the balance becomes possible, when it's possible to do all the things that matter to you, which is not the same thing as doing all the things. You know, Mm -hmm. identifying what matters is really, it's a tough process, but it's so worth it because it allows you to let go of things that don't really matter. For example, you know, I don't take my kids to every one of their doctor's appointments. My husband and I have negotiated, you know, kind of around the co-parenting partnership thing. What... What do, what's really important for me to do and what's really important for him to do only. And what do we want to share? And we just decided, Hey, we can share these doctor's appointments. And often it's easier with his schedule to take the kids than it is for me because I'm in a lot of meetings or interviews or things like that. And that's great. You know, I don't think our kids are going to look back and think, man, my mom didn't Mama take me that. there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're just going to remember an ear the,
0: infection. Yeah. Right.
1: You know, like somebody took him to the doctor. It was fine. On the other hand, it really matters to me that we sit down around the table as a family five nights a week. Now that doesn't mean I'm cooking elaborate meals. It might be like Chick-fil-A or leftovers or whatever on paper plates. It does. That's not important to me. That is not a non-negotiable, but what is a non-negotiable is I want to like look into my kids' eyes and my husband's eyes at the end of the day and, and connect, you know, because it might've been crazy up to that point. And so that's something that's in my relational priorities under my non-negotiable list that I intentionally build my life around, which means I don't take a lot of meetings almost none in the evening, you know, or dinner engagements for that reason. Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. And I think that, you know, listening to all that, I mean, I think that all that is ideal. And I think about the last couple months of my life. So about January. Um, so a couple months ago, my son had brain surgery. Oh my gosh. Wow. So like, and I'm a single mom, three kids. Multiple companies. Yep. Um. So like this whole idea of balance was just not even a thing. Sure. You you have to learn to like ask for help. You have to. Sometimes there's also just a season of like there's not going to be sleep. You got to do what you got to do. Right. Um, and you know I, I think about all these things, but I but I think that it. At the end of the day, though, like that's a one-off thing, right? right? It's a right. one-off stress point. Yep. I think at the end of the day, what all you're saying, like, I am my best when I know my constraints, but I am also planning. I I am someone that can be really easy. I love what I do so much. I'm yep. so passionate Absolutely. about it. I work all the time.
1: Totally. Well, that's one of the reasons people do overwork. You know, we think about it like as... Somebody as your boss, you know, just kind of like leaning over you and saying, keep going, keep going, or calling you at all hours. Those of us who are our own bosses, sometimes we're the hardest bosses, but also sometimes it's just really fun. And sometimes, I mean, I'll I'll be the first to say, my biggest temptation to overwork is when things are hard at home, when my kids are struggling, when I'm worn out, when honestly, the um, clear, explicit wins of work, the things that I can check off in my planner are clearer than the ones at home when everybody's asking you for something and you just don't feel like you have anything left, you know, like that, that's a real thing. And I think especially um, if you, if you do have kids, that can be a a real challenge. I mean, I, I just am constantly aware of that drive in myself that sometimes work is easier than home, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and vice versa. It depends. Yeah. It just depends. It, just depends. Who it is. Yeah. yeah. And what, what the season of it is. Yep. So that kind of gives me the legway for the, this last question I want to ask you, you talk about five principles to free yourself from overwork. Yep whether an entrepreneur or whether you are just doing too much around the house and not leaving space for fun or right. whether, you know, all those different things, what are the five
1: principles? Yeah. Uh, can you break those down for me? I can. And really there are principles that are married with practices. So we really keep it practical in this book, When it Work and Succeed at Life, because we want you to be able to get your own double win and have a path to that where it's not something that's just kind of out there that doesn't feel accessible to you. So the first one is, um, is that work is only one of many ways to orient your life. So that's principle number one. And then the practice that goes along with that is to define your double win. And so that's really kind of about those non-negotiables that I was talking about earlier. Um, The second one, uh, the second principle is to is that constraints foster productivity, creativity and freedom. Like you were talking about, you know, freedom is really what we want, especially as entrepreneurs. And then the practice that goes along with that is to constrain your workday. So establishing hard edges of this is when I start. This is when I stop and this is what uh, is in bounds for me when I'm out of work hours. You know, am I going to work in the evenings? Am I going to work early in the mornings? Uh, we would suggest that you don't most of the time. You know, not that that's a, an absolute standard of perfectionism, but that most of the time you are you will perform better if you have a break. And the same thing if you're on vacation. Um, and then principle number three is that work-life balance is truly possible and the the prince, or the practice that goes along with that is to schedule what matters. So again, those non-negotiables, scheduling in the areas of self-care, relational priorities, and professional results—the things that really matter most to you—that you want to make sure happen no matter what. Uh, principle number four is there's incredible power in non-achievement. And this is like so counterintuitive for those oh. of us who are entrepreneurs, who are high achievers, productivity. Yeah. you know, we love productivity, is that actually one of the best things you can do for your performance as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and uh, as someone in your personal life is to, uh, the practice here is to keep a hobby that delights you. And this is really hard for moms. And I have to be honest and say that there were many years that I was like, this this is ridiculous. This is on my, on my empty nester list. I'll get to that when, you know, all five kids are gone, which will be 20 years from now. Um, But actually, you know, whether it's uh, for me, you know, this is getting outside and running. This is um fishing. This is um, swimming with my kids. This is, I've decided to start playing piano this year, which is like, you know, totally outside of my comfort zone. And so I'm going to take lessons for that. You know, that those are actually performance strategies, which is, I think, how we talk ourselves into it when we're a high achiever, um, is that this non-achievement really is powerful for us. And then the last principle is that rest of is the foundation of meaningful, productive work. And so the practice is to start the day with a good night's sleep. And that sounds so obvious, but man, I think so many of us coming out of 2020 feel like our self-care is all over the map and, you know, we're stressed and almost, you know, kind of in a, a lingering PTSD state. And I would say if that's true for you, the best place to start is sleep, is prioritizing sleep, because that's where your brain really resets, rebuilds, your body rebuilds, which as you said earlier, is the foundation for all of our performance.
0: I completely agree.
1: I love it. These are great tips.
0: So can you tell everyone where they can get your book, yeah. find out more about you, connect
1: with you on social media, yeah. all that good stuff. Thank you. I'm actually not really on social media very much. Um, I do have an Instagram profile, but I'm rarely ever there. So the best place to find out about the book is winandsucceedbook.com slash start. So we actually have some fun bonuses for your listeners, including um, when they pre-order the book, a free ticket to our book launch event, which will be a really in-depth interview with my dad and me, along with a couple other guests. It's going to be really fun. That's on April the 20th. So don't delay on getting ahead on that. Um, but again, win slash start. And then you can find out more about me, about our company at michaelhyatt.com. Um, so yeah, that's that's where to find me. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, sharing you, your Christine. story,
0: leaving tips for everyone. I think these conversations that are, are honestly are are what I wish more people talked about. Yeah, like I me wish too. like we would go to dinner with friends and talk about this kind of stuff, you know, this is what fires me up and like gets me excited. And this is what is needed. Like these pull the veils down. Yeah. What are the struggles? What are like, how can we get better? So, um, thanks for using your journey, your story, your purpose, all of the experience that you have, which is so, uh, vast, I'm sure. Um, and, and sharing this, this book and this knowledge with the world. So thanks for having me, Christy. It's been really a pleasure. Thank you so much. And you guys, we will be back next week with more. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.